clean thrones of rock like the stones heavy metal lyrics you're now with my zone always in the streets of home like a phone resting in Liddell, the bush is my home Six one two one two this is a guest in the house podcast i am one of your co-hosts david trom shanks and i'm the other co-host mickey hess brother mickey dave um another recording and here we go again now we didn't get to um our last recording session and therefore the last time you guys heard from us we didn't get it was in between the black rob and dmx shock g hadn't passed yet yeah he passed i guess maybe a day or two after right our recording after session recorded, think, so yeah. um we wouldn't want anyone to think that we had forgot about shock g's passing and his significance to uh, this music and culture that we love. So we are doubling back to um, commemorate um, the life of Shock G, a.k.a. Humpty Hump. A.k.a. the Piano Man. A.k.a. the Piano Man. Sons yeah, of, and make sure sons you listen all the way through this episode because at the end, we're going to announce a super special guest for our next episode. Are we? That's what I heard. That's what I heard, man. I don't know. Did producer Anthony make you do that? Yeah, there's the rumor out on the streets, you know. People say, you know, a lot of people have been talking. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you know, I um, our running joke uh, is that I defer to you for all things um, quirky hip-hop. And so, Shock G... Highly underrated for his musical genius. Oh, absolutely. And Digital Underground, sometimes overlooked as... um, Like a novelty act. Like a one-hit wonder, right? Exactly, exactly. They they had a few hits. Exactly. When they really... And they really were a, you know, standard, a classic hip-hop group from that era you know they were like almost semi-native tongue there but they were west coast and you know plugged in i mean you know those those early tours were where tupac and like tretch became close being roadies for queen latifah and digital underground respectively so a very rich history in hip-hop and so I Absolutely. I'm gonna give you the floor to kind of intro us in to um, you know a nice discussion about Shock G. Oh, so I'm taking the lead. Huh? You you yes, consider sir. these guys quirky, weird hip hop? I just know that this is your bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Shock G. And I'm I'm all about I'm all about. You know the give and go, man. I'm all about the alley oop. Sounds know, good. We can no, do it. No Jump sense. in any time, though. Oh, I'm I'm here. Yeah. So, Shock G, um, aka MC Humpty Hump. You probably have not made it through many years of life without encountering the Humpty Dance, mm-hmm. whether it was on like a, a classics of '80s and '90s hip hop. CD when they used to have CDs or uh, 
Maybe they played it at a wedding reception you were at. Somewhere like that. Um, The video, there's this dude with like a Groucho Marx glasses set up, but it's brown. Now, pause. Here's my jump in. Mm -hmm. Are you from the tribe of I knew Shock G was Humpty Hump the entire time? Or were you from the I had no idea they were the same person at first? I remember I heard a late night video or late night audio interview is on the radio. Um, they were interviewing Shock G about Humpty Hump. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you know, he, he's a guy, he's part of the group. He's not always here. You know, he kind of comes and goes as he wants. His real name is Edward Humphreys. And he's, he's a fry cook. And that's the reason he wears that mask is because he got his face burned in a grease fire. And I remember hearing that and just like believing it. And I was like, wow, man, people think people think it's the same guy, but it's two guys. He just told us. <laughs> and I believe there was this whole grease fire thing. Now, which camp were you in? Did you did you I, know? I, I, I think I knew fairly early. They tried to get me one time. I think it was on um Pump It Up with uh the great D Bonds, yeah. where they had like the Humpty stand in. Like they had, they had the body like, dump, some, right? like some cousin <laughs> playing. <laughs> So a lot of the times, it turns out that was Shock G's brother. Right. Yep. And he actually spoke at Shock's funeral and told a lot of these stories. And Shock gave a couple of interviews a few years back. There's a little touch of it in uh, San Francisco Weekly where he talks about how they pulled this off. They did it on Pump It Up. Mm-hmm. They did it on the Arsenio Hall show. Wow. Um, right. They did it on a live track from a K-Mail performance that they put on... The Sons of the P.E.P. Mm. This, the first time I um, saw them was uh, the Do What You Like video. Yeah, even and before I'm, Humpty I'm Dance, like, right? These are, yeah, I'm like, that's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you kidding me? It's the same and, guy. And usually it was, but sometimes it wasn't. But then they, yeah, so they, they, they had the body double. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Shock said sure. in an interview, there were three different guys. One guy was his little brother who did it, I think, more than anyone else. Um, it was his brother on Arsenio as Humpty and Shock was Shock. Mm. So they could perform side by side. Mm. And you can find it online. Uh, I think probably if you look it up on YouTube, you can see Shock's brother speaking at his memorial service. And he talks about how, you know, Digital Underground had played Arsenio Hall a year before. And they were going back for the All in the Same Gang video. Right. And Shock wanted to have Shock G and Humpty Hump performing side by side on stage. His brother looked like him, was just a little bit shorter, just like a tall, skinny dude, um, same kind of complexion. And he could do the Humpty voice, but he couldn't do the Shock voice. <laughs> so <laughs> right, his right, brother right. had to go on and play Humpty. Mm. And they fooled Ice T. You know, Shock had met Ice T. <laughs> And then now, like, Shock's brother, who had not met Ice-T, is walking up, dressed up like Humpty Hump, and he's saying, hey, what's up? And acting like, you know, well, you know me. We've met before. <laughs> and Ice-T kind of gives him, like, the side eye. <laughs> he's like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And there were a couple other dudes. Um, Shock said one guy was actually his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> I guess she had a type. Because oh, oh, um, wow. he looked... Enough like shock, same body type, um, you know, similar look. That's he could stand it. He could put on the Humpty nose and he could be Humpty Hump. That's interesting. Yeah. If, and um, so he took the dude on tour with him. 
any of my exes' exes could stand in as Trom digs. That would be kind of interesting to see, That'd be right? Kind of awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, you feel like you just maybe got slid into position, right? Oh <laughs> there's, man, yeah. There's just yeah. a cutout there, and whoever fits. That is that's a whole nother podcast episode, but that that's yeah. a, that's an odd <laughs> feeling. Like, wait a minute, she's got a type. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's not just me. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. But anyway, we were talking about the uh, genius of Shakti. And, you know, you brought up, do what you like, was, which was the first time I heard Digital Underground. They released that as a single, and the video was out there before yeah. the Humpty Dance. I don't think it got nearly as much play as it did after the Humpty Dance hit and was just a huge phenomenon. Yeah, yeah the, um, the do what you like video. You've got a little taste of Humpty Hump. He's in the video and on the song for like three seconds. Just grab him in the biscuits. Just grab him in the biscuits. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly Shock G, Money B, mm-hmm. um, the rest of Digital Underground. And it it's all set at this party. There's like people getting pushed into the pool. Um, yeah. Besides <laughs> the awesome, like besides, the, fun. besides the awesome video. The mm-hmm. one thing that stand always stood out to me in that song was um the piano solo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you know, I guess in a bridge moment of the song, Shock G goes into this like funky ass piano solo. And that was like no one's doing piano solos in hip hop songs. Like No. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that was a standout moment for me where I was like, okay. And then that, you know, later on would speak to like the musicianship of Shock G and the musicianship of the group, you know, very much. I would say digital underground was that. I mean, well, sons of the P, but Mm -hmm. definitely like an offshoot, like the children of like parliament and George Clinton and just kind of carried on that tradition. Absolutely. And, you know, George Clinton was a huge fan early yeah. on. You know, yeah. he, he loved the Humpty Dance from what I've read. Yeah. And that meant a lot to Shock G and the rest of the crew. Yeah. 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 I mean, sitting down at the piano, it is just such an iconic moment. He would do that on stage, too. You know, when I saw him play, it was years later. But, uh, you know, Shock had the Rhodes keyboard. He would, you know, You kinda, saw Digital Underground? I saw Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. Where I saw them, this guy has a knack for going to cool to to, to landing at cool shows. So it was at a club in downtown Louisville, Kentucky called Coyotes, and it was a place known instead of disco balls, it had sequined like western saddles. Mm. It was like a cowboy bar, basically. Right, wow. But I saw Digital Underground and I saw Proof's group. Five Elements actually opened for Digital Underground this year. Wow. wow. This would have been probably right after the Slim Shady tour. The wow. Proof would have been on with Eminem, and he was doing his own group. I think it was like three or four guys in the group. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they opened for Digital Underground. Get out of town. Yeah, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And you said he had the roads with him. He had the roads with them. Nice. Yeah, so he was playing keyboard on stage. Um. I remember he played like the opening notes of I Got Five on it. Mm, And he's doing this throughout the show. Like he would play little instrumentals, like he would play a little piece of a Tupac song, for example. Right. Um, 
And he was kind of doing that all throughout the show. But when he started into I Got Five on it, the loonies actually came out. Cool. Like they were on tour. You got with yourself Pedro a Anderson. show show. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they came out and did a couple <clears throat> of loonies songs. Um, that one most memorably. Right. It's been a little while since I listened to those guys. They had some other songs too. They did. They did. They did. I can't recall any right now, but they did have a couple. But that became kind of like a sideshow too, because when you were looking at the loonies and all excited, that was when Shock sneaked off to the side of the stage, put on the full on <laughs> Humpty gear. <laughs> so it was pretty masterfully put together. Like he had all these little breaks for costume changes. He would come back out as Humpty Hump. Um, something else would distract you. Need to come back out of Shock G. Mm. What was um? This is a random. Well, it's not that random. It's related, but a sidebar. What was the group with um? The side group with Money B and the White Boy. Raw Fusion. With Raw DJ. Fusion. <laughs> oh, what is his name? He was a member of Digital Underground. Yeah, yeah he was in Digital Underground for sure. Yeah. Oh, I cannot remember his name. You know, but yeah, those the, guys were the good. Trench, you know, got the trench coat on. You know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> kind of a wispy yeah, mustache. Yeah, 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 that guy. <laughs> Raw Fusion. They put out an album. I, I, they had a couple songs I thought I liked, if my they memory did. serves. Yeah. yeah. I remember I was trying. This was before you could just go online and type something in. It was DJ Fuse, by the way. I just went online and typed it in. Okay, um, cool. But... When I first heard these guys in like 90, maybe 91, mm -hmm. you couldn't do that. You know, so I went to our local music store, a little record shop in the mall. They'd never heard of Raw Fusion, didn't know how to order it. Yeah. Um, I remember I never tracked the thing down. I wanted that album and I could never find it. But it does exist. <laughs> I found I'm, it years I'm later, like on streaming or YouTube or something. Mm, but mm. I could not find the thing when it was first up. I wonder where that guy is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Money B's still out there, I'm sure. Yeah, Money uh, B um, has a podcast, actually. He does, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, do we know... Um, I mean, a lot of folks say the, the I guess, the if you want to say the tragedy of the shock chi um story is that he was so gifted yeah um and you know as many gifted artists who um see success especially early in the music industry um that kind of you're hot today cold tomorrow thing mm. and trying to balance that with actually, you know, being a musician and having love for the art. Um, I've been reading even before his, um, you know, untimely demise, I've been, you know, over the years I've seen or heard things of like, you know, his kind of like jadedness mm. with the, uh, you know, industry and, um, he had kind of just like, you know, like disappeared. So back in 2005, he actually announced his retirement. Mm. And it was, he wrote this really sad letter that I've actually kind of played around with in my own work. It was, really stood mm. out to me mm. because he wasn't going to stop doing music because that's how he made a living. Right. 
but he was going to retire from basically being a hip hop musician and making Correct. new music. So he right. was going to shift into like playing piano in hotels. That's, I, I thought so. Something like, that's yeah. basically what he was doing when he passed away. He'd been doing wow. it for a few years. Wow. Um, yeah, he was like a a hotel pianist. Wow. And part of what he said is he really hated being in the studio. Mm. So this is from his letter I've got pulled up from 2005. He said, I'm retiring from all forms of studio work and songwriting. I get no satisfaction or fulfillment from it anymore. It doesn't make me happy. On the contrary, it depresses me. Normally, I'm not depressed. It's only surrounding the studio. I'm happy when I'm away from the studio. Can't make a living at it. 90% of the studio work I've done in the last six years has been either for free or for peanuts and hasn't generated any income since. And then here's the kicker. It drives me to do drugs because I mm. hate being in the studio. Too much pressure and expectation for me to make, save, spark someone else's career or project. I quit the studio. Fuck the studio. Wow. Yeah. So, I felt I probably yeah. felt I probably felt that way before. <laughs> he liked to play music, he liked to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his Instagram, which if I'm right, he took that down a couple months before he passed. Wow. Um, I hadn't realized, you know, I hadn't been seeing him pop up on my feed because he was always like he was on there playing a juice world song on the piano. Mm. Um he was always like goofing around, you know, hanging out in the hotel, putting his speakers out on the balcony to annoy people across the alley. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't seen much. And you know, when I, I saw he'd passed, I went back to look for it and the account wasn't there. Mm. So, wow. um, and it, it sounds like he had had an arrest over drugs just a, a couple months before he passed. Okay. Is there, has there been any official word on the cause? I mean, not that it matters. But... No, not that I've seen. Okay. Um, you know, Depression and drugs are a pretty bad combination, and it's one that a lot of musicians yeah. find themselves struggling with. And another, we don't uh, know. another, another, another fifty-year-old, right? Yeah, fifty-seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, this thing here, man, it's chews you up, man. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine what made him so sought after in the studio was not only his musical prowess, but what he had done for the careers of folks like Tupac, you know, prime example, right? Yeah. Craziness, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a loss. Um, You know, we dedicated two episodes to MF Doom and all his identity play with the fake personas there's doom there's victor vaughn there's king Ghidorah. shock g did that before doom you know he had the characters i think before anybody else i know of in hip-hop he did it before doom he did it before cool keith that is yeah i'm sure that 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 sounds about right yeah it sounds about right i'm sure somewhere someone um you know was a character somewhere, but uh, yeah, as far as I remember. Yeah. As yeah, as far as, as having like the alter ego where you were one MC, but you were also another MC, right? You played two different roles and they were yeah. distinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, like you said, this mental health, you know, in in music, 
is a uh, is a real thing, man. And that you know that 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 lonely that lonely place of being a genius, uh-huh. creative creatively, and what that can do to our, our beloved artists, man. Um, sidebar: Did you um, mm-hmm. check out the uh, track list for DMX's um, posthumous album that's no, dropping on five twenty-eight? Is it looking good? It looks. It's pretty star-studded, man. Cool. Um, it's got the locks on there, of course. He's got a um, Jay Z and Nas on the same track. Wow, that's cool. And I believe that this is a song that. Uh, if you remember the Swiss Beats um, Just Blaze battle, this mm-hmm. was kind of like pre-verses. Swiss Beats played a song that, you know, he, he, he kept like playing snippets of a song that had a Nas and Jay-Z verse on it. I'm assuming that's what uh, this yeah. is. Oh, yeah. You think that's the one? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So got Lil Wayne, um, Bono from YouTube. From YouTube, from YouTube, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty star studded. The Griselda guys, Snoop, Money Bag, yo, mm, okay. Well, I know is one of your favorites. You know, I should know a little more about him. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not even sure, honestly, if you played me Money Bag, yo, if I'd recognize who. It was. <laughs> You're a Kentucky guy, man. You gotta, you gotta know your Tennessee guys, man. <laughs> I'm fixating on Jack Harlow. That's all I can say. Speaking of Jack Harlow. (laughs) Oh, um, that Kentucky Derby thing, huh? He's in a little bit of a mess, isn't he? His DJ apparently is. I don't know how much of a a role he had in anything. It looked like he was just running. Well, it. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I stumbled upon, like, you know, one of the goons, you know, Mm -hmm. one of these street guys. And um, he was essentially banning Jack Harlow from the state. He can no longer do any shows. Wow, from Kentucky? And Yeah. Wow. And it was interesting because he said, you know, quote, unquote, paraphrasing, you know, like, I'm a street nigga, so I won't snitch. Mm. But you know who's allowed to get in the club without a pat down. Mm. Hmm. And so, if you're going to blame anybody for this young lady's death, it would be Jack Harlow. Wow. And okay. See, I hadn't therefore, even seen any yeah, of this. Yeah, and therefore, Jack Harlow is banned from the state. He can no longer do any shows from the state. And then here's where it gets interesting. Because remember, I said, I'm a street nigga. I don't snitch. Mm-hmm. Then he says... If I see Jack Harlow, basically it's on, on site. As soon as I see him, I'm going at him and I'm going to do X, Y, Z to him. And then I thought to myself, didn't you just snitch? Yes. (laughs) I think that's a self snitch. We can excuse that maybe. Is that how it works? It doesn't count. Is dry snitching on yourself not <laughs> snitching? Is that how it works? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I hadn't seen that development. I'm no street nigga, and I haven't um, mm. read nor written the street nigga manual, but yeah. 
telling what you're going to do before it gets done (laughs) is a fast way to get an indictment if it does get done. That I'm pretty sure. Even if somebody else does it, right? Even if someone else Mm -hmm. does it. Why even put the bullseye on you? I never get it. I never got it, I should say. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, I really, 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 really wish we could find a way to make this music and make all of the money and the accolades and the everything that comes with it without the violence. I feel in my heart that it is doable. You guys are making rock and roll like you're making popular music now. You did violence does not need to be attached to it as much as it is. Really. Yeah, this one's I don't know, it's an interesting case too because the footage, I mean, it certainly to me viewing it doesn't look like Jack Harlow expected anything to go down. I mean, he's, he's sure. scrambling with everybody he, else, right? He's, he was probably clueless. Yeah. But you know, and I don't know anything about that and I don't and I'm not speaking on that specifically cuz I don't speak on street shit. Mm-hmm. But that don't concern me. Yeah. That doesn't concern me. I'm on a um, <laughs> podcast with an English professor. I self-correct. Hey, um, no need <laughs> but, for all that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I you know, it seems like it was some other thing that was happening prior to that, then boiled over into this thing, and you know, and you know this. This game comes with a whole lot of like you get somewhere, but you can't leave behind, you know, sort of what may have occurred in the past or what may have occurred with some of the homies that you you have with you. And there's all of this stuff that um, you being the talent, you being the person with the gift, you know, based on the choices you make. And those choices could be as simple as the folks you have with you. Sure that can just land you in a world of drama and, you know, between the street stuff and the gang stuff and then the mental health stuff and the substance abuse stuff. And then just the like health stuff with diet and things of that nature and habits and everything. Mm. It's just too many things in the mix that are like taking these guys out and it's yeah you know it's unfortunate man yeah and you know with shock g i don't know what'll happen to it at this point but for years he would talk about some writing he was doing Mm. and a couple little pieces of it surface but not much at all um okay at one point, he described a book he was working on about his relationship with Tupac. And he was, in a lot of ways, a, a mentor to Tupac, especially as far as touring, you know, making music, so. dealing with labels. So. Hey, the first time we heard Pac's voice was on a digital underground record. Absolutely. Same song. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if 
that exists, that book that he was working on, if it exists in pieces somewhere. I hope somebody has an archive of it or he had a backup copy that he gave to his brother or someone. Because I think the insights he would have would be pretty amazing. I was going to say, he did a... Oh, one of those MTV shows, right? Was it Behind the Music or something, yeah. something, something? And he had a just a a little segment where he was talking about Tupac, and it was so. Oh yeah, another one you mean? And so insightful, man. That yeah. yeah, if he had a if he had a couple chapters of that, that would be a beautiful read, I'm sure. Because you Absolutely. could see you could see the love he had for him and the passion he had for him, and also the comprehension just of music yeah. and you know what I mean? He talked about, he was talking about like, you know, where slick Rick, you know, and Humpty hump are nasal and, you know, yeah. what I mean? Nas raps from like the back of his throat. I'm probably like a back of the throat rapper too. And you know what I mean? Where Pac is just all diaphragm. Like it's just, yeah. just coming from a deep, deep place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In his gut. And you can tell, um, yeah, man, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, so, he, yeah, he I knew music that. theory in yeah. a way that, I mean, you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't. Not you, because I think you know. Uh, maybe some of the listeners out there would be surprised. There, there are some rappers that are really well versed in music theory, whether they're you know classically t- trained or academically trained or not. It's a really good book by Paul Edwards. There's actually two editions of. It. There's volume one and a volume two. Mm. Um, where he goes around and interviews hip hop artists about how they put together a song, and you know, some of the things they say are are pretty mind blowing. Like these insights about how things go together and how you know the rhymes are meant to go over a beat, and like all these different ideas of how it could and should work. Yeah, yeah. yeah Shock G, you know, the interviews you see with them, whether he's talking about sampling. Where he's talking about persona. I mean, he really, he really had an interesting take on all of this. Yeah, yeah. They said that um, Tupac's mother, Afini Shakur, actually encouraged him. You know, write this book. You need to get this out here. Um, so hopefully, you know, I don't know if if it ever came together. If there is some pieces out there that exist, but hopefully, if they do, it'll show up somehow. Yeah, it's just very. You know, it touches me in a certain kind of way that someone that valuable mm-hmm. would be so turned off by working in the studio that he would have to like denounce and retire yeah doing so you know what i mean because I, we're you know and uh, you know it's an opportunity for me to get on another soapbox or something right but mm-hmm. why you know there's such value in like our OGs and like these guys who are architects and paved the way. And it's like, we just discard them. Yeah. Like I, I always think the shock G is going to be basically a footnote in Tupac's story. That's like, all, yeah. You know, if you read books years from now, there's going to be a little asterisk. Yeah, this is the guy who kind of brought us Tupac. But he was so much more. And, you know, he has so much of a career absolutely outside of his work with Tupac. No, absolutely. I mean, take it, take it out. You know, Shock G is just one of many. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
you think about some of these guys and it's you're like who in 2021 and I don't have this number I know you know I know you don't we're just speaking but I don't think I should have to think this hard to figure out like how many OGs are like connected to a younger artist in some type of mentorship role where the value of everything that they've done, even just musically is being tapped into. Yeah. I don't see any of these guys next to any of like the great, you know what I mean? You've got, I'm, I'm yeah. sure like hit boy and Nas's relationship probably has a little bit of that. Where you know, Hit Boy's keeping Nas young. Nas is providing OG mentorship to Hit Boy, and that's beautiful. But you know, me being an MC, someone who makes, I guess, jazz infused kind of hip hop, I would love. It. <laughs> to have Shock G around or to have had Shock G just around helping me create. You know, helping me tap into layers that maybe I, you know, that that's invaluable. Yeah. And I don't see enough of that happening. And, you know, when you're dealing with mental health, when you're dealing with substance abuse, when you're f dealing with not feeling useful, Mm. it's tough man it's tough I mean I don't you know I feel like a pretty stable guy <laughs> you know what I mean I don't have any um, addictions or anything like that and I've sat in this house and I've used that same phrasing with my girl I've told my girl like yo I just don't feel useful like I don't feel like all that I've experienced is like no one's tapping into that yeah musically like you know none of, none of my you know friends colleagues you know other MCs that I, I you know I try to talk to and give to and I've I felt that I felt like yo they're they're not using me and I just want to be help but I can't beg someone to help them you know what I mean like I felt that and I can imagine you know that's with me not sniffing any of the commercial success that some of these guys have experienced and yeah. to go from you know the top of the world to like no one even cares what you think about something or no one even thinks your opinion or, or, or has any value because you're not on a magazine cover anymore well you know whatever the equivalent of the magazine instagram explorer page it um you know, it was like, you're not, and then they, you know, we started throwing that relevant word around a few years back. Everything became about who's relevant and who's not. Uh, we, we, I think we talked about, uh, yeah, yeah. um, briefly like the, the Peter Rosenberg, uh, Chuck D thing where it's like, mm -hmm. well, Chuck D's not relevant. And it's like, <laughs> you should be burned at the stakes for saying something like that. Like Chuck D will never have to, um, quantify his relevance in hip hop. You fucking kidding me? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you but know, sometimes it's... I see a tweet or something from Shaq G where it seems like I'm not not Shaq G, Chuck D. Chuck D. Where he seems like he's uh feeling those kind of criticisms. You know, yeah. like he feels like he needs to remind people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a damn shame. And I mean he absolutely. does it he does it from a you know dignified elder statesman kind of stance yeah but some of his less polished counterparts find themselves out here doing all kinds of goofy shit at 60 years old and 55 years old because they're trying to maintain relevancy Mm -hmm. and so you know whether it's the you know the reality shows or just the like i'm on here I got to, you know, I'm on IG and I'm just being whatever I'm doing. You know, I'm trying to do whatever I need to do because I'm buying into or I've been forced to buy into this role of relevancy. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm not in people's faces generating news and whatever, then I'm no longer a relevant part of this culture and so i have to cont- i have to do stuff i have to say something i have to speak on something after da, 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 da. and yeah that's a shame man because you know it's 10 true. 15 years some of these guys 20 years 25 years of you know giving to the culture and it's like well you ain't did nothing in the last six months so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i know there's some basketball programs, like college basketball programs in particular, um, who will bring in former players to like mm-hmm. work out the new guys, mm-hmm. um, even in recruiting sometimes. Um, yeah. They're they're on site. Um, I don't know if hip hop really has an equivalent of anything like that. They there's get, no you know, there's no mentorship. Facts, facts. There's like the um, the NBA does like a rookie thing you know, transitioning in, you know, into your um, pro career and they'll yeah. bring back a lot of the old, um, you know, NBA legends to, to serve, you know, in that role kind oh, of yeah. um, counselors almost, you know what I mean? On um, basketball development, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear, see a guy who'd be like a player development coach. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's just someone to relate to the, uh, to the younger guys. You know, and maybe that gets us back to our hip hop union conversation. Yeah. You know, um, interesting conversation um, on um, the MC Search episode of Drink Champs about that. Yeah, I um, haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a great episode. You should check that. Yeah, you should check sure. that episode out. Yeah, and they talked about they brought up the hip hop union thing again, and Search kind of weighed in with his insights that I think you would find. Um, very interesting. Yeah, it does sound good. But uh, I think that that is, yeah, I mean, where, you know, they used to have, I mean, not that they, I don't know how effective they were, you know, from that standpoint, but, you know, you had your Jack the Rip, Jack the Rapper conventions yeah. and, you know, new music seminars. And, you know, you had these conventions back in the days where uh, I guess we have the revolt <laughs> music conference now. Yep. <laughs> but uh, we used to have these, uh, you know, and 
maybe something like that needs to be revitalized where but made more proactive where maybe some of these younger guys can tap right in with the OGs. I know A3C mm-hmm. does a little bit of that as well. And I've, I've been to a um, A3C. I haven't been to one since 2015, but uh, yeah, really, you know, really insightful. And they do a pretty good job of um, connecting folks. But uh, I think that there needs to be more, 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 more mentorship, not, just for the benefit of the um, the younger artists, but also as a way of, you know, like I said, giving, you know, you, hey, look, we need you guys. You know what I mean? In order to continue this hip hop thing moving forward, we need the guys who built the thing. We need the architects. And if it's even though it's changing and it's ever changing and it's evolving and it's always evolving, we want to always have the contribution of the OGs. It's just, you know, like they say, it's a village. Yeah, and it's a village tied up in an industry. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the problem. And the two yep. things can be kind of at odds. Yeah, often. <laughs> that's true. Often, often, but you know, and then we get, we get back into responsibility, right? Yeah. And you know, that's something we talked about a lot when we were, um, you know, in the first few episodes of this thing, when we were like face to face, we talked about, you know, like, okay, cool. We know this is what it is. What is the responsibility of those of us who are, um, on the culture side of things? Because the industry is going to do what the industry does. The industry is going to industry. It's a revolving door. I mean, you don't yeah. have much of a shelf life to, to no. mix the metaphors, right? Not You're at all. In and out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's and that's what you know. I guess now that we're you know officially, I mean, if 1979 is the first record, right? Big, the first hit record. So uh, that gives us what forty. Mm, 42 years. Yeah. In, I guess that's, you know, it, it seems like the industry has won. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's 52, right? Is that 50? I no, don't know. say 52. No, 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 no. Cause no. I, I was yeah, 42. Cause I was born in 78. Oh, you're so right. 79. See, yeah. Yeah. Don't make me that old. We don't want to get into math. <laughs> don't make me that old. Yeah, but, uh, it's not my strong suit there. Yeah, It's all good, man. But, uh, yeah. So, because I think that, you know, what you said about kind of when you become commercially irrelevant, you become culturally irrelevant mm. now. That's the picture that they would want to paint. And it seems like we're going along with that almost like, well, you ain't, you ain't popping no more. So yeah. who, who, who are you, Chuck D.? Who are you, you know, Shock G? Who are you, this guy? And then it becomes, well, we'll just wait for you to die, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll go crazy, flooding you with yeah. roses and, and and showering you with love and praise about how great you are. The ten, twenty years you were alive prior to, we could give a damn. Yeah, it's true. Far too often, huh? and that's what you know. This you know, twenty twenty, and you know, beyond. 
we've just seen it back to back to back to back to back because we've lost so many, you know, of our legends. And then it becomes, oh my God. Yeah. When it was like, nobody was trying to honor Houdini. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Houdini and the Fat Boys for sure had fallen into that footnote category. You know, they were huge. They were huge. They were huge. And not just huge, like, because this is not about, like, yo, there was this rapper and he was, you know, Young MC was big at one time. No disrespect to Young MC, right? But I'm saying, like, there's Young MC and then there's, like, Houdini, you know? And when you think of what Houdini did and then you think of Larry Smith and just the the the, the musicianship, the way the music, you know, like, what it was, in the in in the landscape of like hip hop, that's not a footnote. The Fresh Fest and like, that's not a footnote. First rap group, you know, or second rap group to go platinum, and it, this is not footnotes. Absolutely, this is not like oh, you had a hit record in '93. And I, you know, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But um, and that's yeah, why man. we talked about how. You know, MF Doom was that rare character who had two careers. Yeah. He had one that, I mean, definitively ended. You know, yeah. label dropped him, didn't put out the second album. Um, he reemerges like 10 years later. We haven't seen a lot of people be able to pull that off. Yeah. 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 And uh, while we're there, um, let's shout out that new um, Zar- Zarface Ooh, album. Oh, yeah. It's a good um, one, huh? And it, it is a good one. It is a good one. And I guess besides what's laying in the, you know, annals to come out and some of the older stuff, seems like the most recent recording from MF Doom prior to him passing. Yeah. I think they it, said it, that stuff was done fairly Around a year ago, I think, yeah. right? And they decided yeah. to hold it back because of yeah. coronavirus. And then, yeah. of course, Doom passed away. It was announced yeah. around Christmas or, I guess, New yeah. Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, I understand there's some more. He was working on the Mad Villain 2 with Mad Lib. Right. And I think Nature Sounds, from what it sounds like, has some tracks. I don't think there's an album there. Now, I, now it feels like now did were they had worked on the Mad Villain follow-up i don't know that they were working on it at his time of death i'd have to we'd have to clarify that and that's why i'm saying i think that this stuff is literally recorded a year the last yeah 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 yeah, i think you're probably right yeah (laughs) and um another i guess footnote plug whatever you want to call it um and a challenge to um you and i especially now that um you know like we said, we've, um, oh, we didn't say it, but um, <laughs> we're not doing as many of the snippets as we used to, you know, just because of the way this thing works. Um, we're going to have to be a little more diligent with our um, Spotify Guests in the House playlist. Yeah, we'll put up the um, links in the playlist. Yeah, so stuff. as a way of holding ourselves accountable, I'm going to announce on the episode that we do have a guest in the house podcast music playlist on Spotify where a lot of the, the, the names that we mention 
on here, you'll be able to find music. You know, we talked about Mr. Green and, you know, um, the fat boys and, you know, we, we have to catch up with our, um, white rapper episode and throw some, <laughs> some hailed white, white MCs on the white lightning. We're going to find a white lightning song. <laughs> yeah. Some of that stuff's not on Spotify, but we'll find what we can. I don't think white lightning's on Spotify, but, but you know, we'll find some Everlast or something. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, and that'll be a good way for us to, you know, engage you guys with, you know, just like I said, some of the music, some of the artists that we speak about on the podcast. So there's that. Definitely. Yeah, we both contribute to that. So it's a growing list. We'll be adding stuff to it as we record. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. So by the time you guys hear this, you'll hear some, you'll be able to go find some Shakji and Digital Underground oh, and, yeah. you know, things of that nature. We'll definitely get some, um, some of that Zarface and Doom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really love the first Zarface and Doom, but I think the second one, I think it even tops it. Doom sounds stronger. Like, his verses sounds at the top. Man, I thought, I thought, um, I thought all of them sounded good. I thought yeah. Turk sounded Dad, great. I so thought serious. Dex sounded great. Adele? Yeah. Yeah, DMC? Adele. Adele feature. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got Very a couple cool. of good features. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, and the, um, the other thing I was going to shout out, as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is in our next episode, we have a super special guest. You want to tell him who it is? Guest. Um, has nothing to do with music, guys. Um, a little we, bit, but not much. Not much. Not much. Um, we reach... Um, deep into our um social commentary bag and um let's let's just leave it as we'll just say we've got a special guest a very poignant and timely guest um and and we look forward to you guys hearing the conversation it was a live one (laughs) and it's not mitch mcconnell I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, no. No Mitch quite, McConnell. Quite the opposite. Um, yeah. Not Paul Ryan. Quite the opposite. Yeah. No one like that. <laughs> We're still working on the CEOs of Apple so we can talk about this. Um, Red, black, and green. Red, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For your so Apple no, it was watch. Not, it was not them either. But no, no, no. Real, um, real cool special episode we have coming up. Um, so you really like wanted said, to tease this out. I like it. Hey, hey, man. You know, I, Anthony directs us and we, <laughs> and we run the plays, man. You know? That's it. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. It's a great episode. In fact, we already recorded it. That's how this thing can secretly work. We can record these and then release them out of order. So Isn't we already know awesome? it was awesome. We're not about Isn't to interview awesome? this person. We already no. interviewed them. Yeah, yeah, and the only thing we edit is to make sure, like, the voices are clear and everything is lined up. We don't chop these things up. We let them well, rip. I mean, sometimes I'll see something real fucked up and we'll cut it Oh, out. you have no idea the fucked up stuff yeah. that Mickey says. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the producer's job, Anthony's job is a little tough because, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get into just a rant on some fucked yeah, up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if there was a poll of who probably needs to get edited 
I'm thinking I'll probably win. <laughs> All right. So join our Twitter poll, participate. <laughs> you can vote. Who, Who says needs more edits? Dave or Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're both great, man. We're both great. And we try and um, be as respectful as um, possible on all occasions. Um, Puffy definitely took some shots on the uh, last session. You're going to walk that back? No. You're going to let it stand? Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Have you listened to um, J. Cole's new album yet? You know, I haven't. You should. See, I, I hear that. I'm one of the probably the rare guys who loves Dreamville a little more than he loves J. Cole. Rachel, Rachel said, wait a minute. You don't think he would have listened to J. Cole? <laughs> she gets a kick out of us, right? I'm like, um, you call no. it. I, I'm like, I know him. I know he hasn't listened to it. She's like, wait, is he a Kendrick fan? I was like, not really. Like, what is up with Mickey? <laughs> I just don't trust it if something's too popular. Like, he's a hipster. <laughs> yeah. But I love Little Wayne. But he loves Little Wayne. Well, hipsters love Little Wayne. Yeah, I guess that's true. He toured with Blink-182. So, so, I mean, shoot, should I ask you then, did you listen to the new Nicki Minaj? <laughs> no, again. So, did well, you no, win a um, bet Little with Wayne's, these Little Wayne's, Little Wayne's got a, 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 a really dope verse on there. See, even so when there's a get new a Lil Wayne. Of, if you I get a hold of that one, okay. you, uh, I you should, should check that. it out. Just the Little Wayne and Drake and Nicki song. See, I'm the other way around. With Wayne, like I like him much more than any of his protégés. With Cole, I like the protégés more. How about that? How about that? No, um, the the new album's pretty good though. I gotta check it out. I got Nikki and J Cole both. You recommend? Well, Nikki's is more of an old mixtape released okay. on streaming with like four new songs. So oh, okay. That's kind of okay. like brand new old stuff. But um, the Cole thing is, um, you know, he's trying to make a statement. Hmm, okay. He's trying to make a statement. Um, yeah, man. But outside of that, I mean, I don't know, man. I think we can wrap. We weren't stalling for yeah. anything either. We're just talking to you guys now. Um, and, you know, but, I'll say uh, before we sign out, you know, Kendrick too, I think I like the members of his crew probably better than I like Kendrick. Right. Well, I mean, Kendrick is less, you know, like cold kind of put these guys out and discovered yeah. them and he's you know what i mean and kendrick came kendrick up with was his actually guys. right uh, he yeah. was like kendrick was actually j-rock's hype man mm-hmm. at, at a certain point so it's not like he brought this click out they kind of yeah. rolls together and you know for one reason or another maybe the three classic albums Kendrick kind of <laughs> has become, you know, to be what he became. Three classic but, um, albums will do that, huh? Yeah, ten, it tends to. Um, but I mean, I think they're all great. There's definitely been times where I thought Absol was my favorite. And oh, there's yeah. been times I thought Schoolboy Q's my favorite. He's I think, kind of my study favorite. I think J-Rock's last album might be the best of yes. the, the ones that aren't, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, or you know what I mean? Like that J Rock album was phenomenal. That was my album. favorite album that year. That and the latest Schoolboy Q, I felt like was a little bit of a letdown. I could see where you would. I could see where you would feel that way. It was a little current, I guess. Yeah, the word there you would go. Be. Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah. Current over, I guess, classic. If you want to put that's it that a good way, way to describe it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you go for the, you know, the now sound and, you know, it's hit or miss. But, That's um, it, man. We love Schoolboy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Schoolboy, man. Um, Consider maybe, you know, I would love a full Alchemist Schoolboy Q album. Yeah. Project. Cool. Doesn't even have to be an album. It's six songs, seven songs, whatever. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. And Definitely. maybe one day we'll get a Black Hippie album, too. That'd be cool, too. But I doubt it's happening. Yeah, we've got, what, singles attributed to Black Hippie? Yeah, one or two. Yeah. Uh, generally, like somebody's too, right? remix, yeah. and they're all on it. I think J-Rock had a remix a few years back, and they were all on it. So that was like the Black Hippie remix. But yeah, I don't think we've, Black Yeah, Hippie. I don't think we've got any Black Hippie records. Um, I've still got a... Um, I know Isaiah Rashad dropped new music too. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Track that down. I haven't either. Maybe by the next recording, we'll have some information on that. All right. So, till the next one. Till the next one, man. Um, To the memory of Shock G, although we were all over the place. But um, so was he. You know, it's all relevant. Yeah. How about that? So, in the spirit of Shock G, we were all over the place today. But um, yeah, man, all of our fallen legends. those who are passed on and those who are still falling you know what i mean um yeah one love to you all man and um man you know we're committed as always to um give our guys their flowers while they're still here but in the event that they um do transition we want to make sure that they're acknowledged absolutely There you go, man. Let's get out of here. Let's Um, do it. Signing off. Dinner time for me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) This is uh, David Tromdick Shanks. I'm Mickey Hess. And this is a guest in the house house podcast. See you next time. See you next time. We'll get that right. (laughs) Yeah.